Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different, because... We're not really reviewing a film. I mean, we are, but we're not, because we've decided to review the hit Broadway stage musical Hamilton, which has been released as a film, kind of, on Disney+. Plus. So we thought it'd be fun to get together and have a look at this in the week of its release. So joining me as always, we have two people that have seen the film in question and two people who have not. Our guests who have not seen the film, the first of which, what, there's multiple? Yes, that's right, it's an extra big bonus panel today, and our first guest who has not seen the film, it's Mr. Patrick Downs. How are you, Patrick? Hey, Steve, I'm good, thanks, man, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, So, you, like I imagine lots of people around the world, uh, have not seen Hamilton. Have not seen Hamilton. So, what do you know about it? Not much at all. Um, I know it's well. I know it's a musical. Um, I know it's about some guy, some guy named Hamilton. Um, I think it's about the, the Declaration of Independence. Maybe. Honestly, that's about all I know. This is really lovely um, because, from from my experience of working in theatre academia, pretty much everyone I speak to has seen Hamilton. So it's so lovely to have a fresh viewpoint. Um, you're, you're pretty much bang on. As if there's a couple of details, I'm sure that you know the rest of it will fill in. But yes, it is about a guy named Hamilton. Um, so th- it wasn't like a, a a tricky one. Yeah, it wasn't like Amadeus, where really it's about Salieri. You know, they're not trying to trick you. So <laughs> it's all good. What is it that you're expecting? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I I do know that it, it's kind of, I guess, hip-hop, more modern music. I know it's not like a, you know, I guess you know, a very a high, highly dramatic, maybe kind of a Les Miserables kind of style musical. I know that, I know not to expect that. But I guess that's kind of, that. I mean, sorry, that's, that's kind of it in terms of what I'm expecting musically. Um, I'm expecting it to be very high energy. But... Not particularly lavish. I get the feeling it's maybe a little bit stripped down as well. Okay. You know, yeah. design-wise. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the lovely thing is is that we get to see this with this original cast recording. And um, joining you as our other guest who has not seen it, back on the program for the first time in uh, around a year, it is Maisie Cops. How are you, Maisie? I'm good, thank you. And um, Maisie, this is the first time we've had you on in a year. Um, how how has life been for you? Obviously, uh, since we were last on, there's been a big pandemic happening around the world. Um, and I'm just curious, how, how's, uh, how's life been for um, our only school-age panellist? Um, uh, it's been good. I am a newfound theatre kid, uh, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm in year six now, so high school next year. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I just suddenly felt very old. Um, that, that's that's lovely, though. So, Hamilton, um, I know that you haven't seen the show, but I know that you're excited about getting to see the show. So what is it that's got you excited? Um, so my mum went to America last year. I unfortunately did not go, <laughs> but uh, she saw Hamilton on Broadway, uh, and then she came back and played me through the whole musical. It, t- it took a while, but um, over a couple of car trips, it, she just played it, and I fell in love with it, And oh, but I still haven't seen it. Excellent. So what's the thing that you're most looking forward to from this, this filmed presentation of it? Um, uh, definitely the choreography, because that's something that you definitely don't get to see when you're just listening to the musical. Yeah, so it's, uh, it should be tremendous fun. Well, uh, there are people who haven't seen the film. We have two guests who have seen the film. And by film, I mean the musical. Uh, they, yes, we have two people that have actually seen a Hamilton happening live on a stage. Uh, and first of all, I'm going to introduce uh, someone who wrote uh, a section of their PhD on musical theatre about Hamilton. It is Dr. Sarah Curtis. How are you, Dr. Sarah? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, so just, just for the folks at home, which which version of Hamilton have you seen? Uh, I've seen the Broadway, original Broadway cast, and the um, I went back a year later and saw the replacement cast. Right. So I've seen it so, twice. Right, so it's it's that good <laughs> that you, you went back to Yeah, it's, it's worth the, the thousands of dollars I spent. Excellent. So in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can people who have not seen Hamilton be expecting from it? Because obviously it's it's all over the advertising for Disney+. Plus. Um, a lot of people will probably have already streamed it or will be streaming it in the next few days. Um, if they're thinking about it, they're on the fence. Um, what, what can they expect? Um, I guess they can expect um, high-energy, fast-paced, um, revolutionary-style musical in more ways than one. Um, something exciting and fresh and new. Given that obviously you've you've seen this original cast performing, um, what is it that you're most looking forward to seeing from this this capturing of that original cast? Uh, well, the first time I went, the only original cast member who wasn't in that day was Chris Jackson. So I am very much looking forward to see him actually doing the role of Washington. Excellent. And joining you as our other guest who uh, has also written a section of their PhD on musical theatre about Hamilton. It is Dr. Ellen Sears. How are you, Dr. Ellen? Hi, Stephen. I'm very well. And uh, just for qualification's sake, which which version of Hamilton have you seen? I saw the original Broadway cast with Sarah, sans obviously um, Chris Jackson, and then I also saw it uh, two years later in London with you. Yes, that's right. I have seen the uh, I've seen the original Broadway cast and also one of the London casts as well. So yeah, mm. and we we will be getting into a little bit of the the differences between that. Um, and certainly, I was lucky enough to see the London cast, um, who I'm assuming are the superior cast because they've had longer to practice it than these these rank amateurs that did it first time up. I don't know, um, Doctor Ellen. Um, with with Hamilton, uh, and specifically your focus when you were doing your PhD was on the choreography. It was on dance in musical theatre. Um, obviously, a stage show being filmed, uh, it's often commented that they don't 
quite capture the experience of obviously being there live in the space. Um, is is that a concern for you heading in, or do you think that given that it was such a big production and there's obviously been a lot of interest in it, that you feel it? Do you expect it to have captured that that movement? Look, I'm I'm hoping that they have done a really good job of capturing the dance in a way that kind of helps it to translate on screen because obviously. Um, stage musical, the way that that's choreographed is very different to the way that you choreograph and film a, a film a film musical. If you think about the way that they used to film like really old fashioned things um, like like your Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly type movies, it's very static shots. Um, whereas if you look at something like Moulin Rouge, the movie, um, that's filmed, there's lots of like sharp close-ups or, or like even um, Chicago is another good example of a more modern mu- movie musical where there's lots of really fast cuts to kind of give you that sense of energy. So, but I'm, I'm hoping there's a lot of, I, I, I saw one of the first trailers that I saw for the pro shot of Hamilton had a nice aerial shot of the choreography, which I was really excited about because both times that I've seen it, I've been up in the boonies, but that's the best place to look at the choreography and the lighting and how they kind of work together, I think. So I'm excited that they've got overheads as well as front shots, as well as like they've, they've obviously had a really good look at how they want to film it. Um, I know that Lin-Manuel Miranda did say that um, the director of Hamilton had a big hand in how it was shot and how it was edited. So I'm hoping that the choreography has been highlighted in a really good way. But, you know, I'm I'm reserving judgment until I've watched it. With that being said then, um, guys, shall we watch Hamilton? Yes. Now let's save it for later. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch In the Heights instead. All right, for those of you listening at home, uh, load up those streaming services and prepare to find out how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by Providence impoverished in squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar. We're going to watch Hamilton. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Hamilton, the musical, the film. Uh, and by we, I, of course, mean all the people in the Zoom where it happened. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Sarah Curtis, Dr. Ellen Sears, Mr. Patrick Downs, and Madame Maisie Copps. And Maisie, we're going to start with you. Uh, that was your first time watching Hamilton. What did you think? Uh, no words. That's going to make this very difficult, uh, but um, <laughs> bl- blown away, I presume. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was so good. Just everything I expected it to be, and more. Patrick, how are you feeling? Because not only was this your first time, but I, I believe that you hadn't heard any of the music heading to this either. No, it was the first time I'd heard really any of it um, at all. So yeah, yeah. Um, Um, Look, I liked it. It I really liked it. Mm. I'm aware I'm probably in hostile territory. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Musicals are not my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was maybe the musicalist musical I've watched in a long time. Right. Um, But having said all that, I did did really enjoy it. There was, you know, there's a lot of really, really wonderful music and incredible choreography. So, Yeah. yeah. 
And I think that's the really that's one of the things I'm really interested in in terms of from people who haven't seen it before. Um, I similarly I like musicals, but I I don't like all musicals. Um, for example, Cats, bad musical. Uh, just just putting it straight out there, I do not like that show. Let's not get into the Cats debate on this. We'll save that for when we do the one. Cats film. For me, musicals are, I, I I can I can kind of like them or leave them. They're not kind of like my my bread and butter when it comes to theatre. Um, but but Hamilton, I really liked the music when I first heard it, and then actually seeing the show, it it was incredible actually getting to see it in the space. And so I, I think it is a really good example, I suppose, of what can be achieved through musical theatre. And I guess as yeah, as someone who didn't necessarily um, isn't necessarily into musicals, because I, I'm aware that musicals have a very um, a very uh, vociferous fan base. Um, almost a sort of cult-like inaccessibility to actually being able to just sit there and, and enjoy some songs. I'm aware that there is that barrier. Um, but but Hamilton kind of breached through and was like, look at me, I, I work for you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. For, for our two who have seen Hamilton before, and we'll start with you, um, Dr. Sarah, um, how, how was it revisiting um the the world of hamilton and specifically this original cast which you got to see yeah it was really interesting i watched it with my mum and stepdad um now since 2015 i've had the constant complaints of that awful rap music um but the votes are in we all loved it so you heard it here first uh it's on record she can't take it back now it was really interesting um being able to sit there and Usually when we watch these podcast um, films, we have a chat through, um, as we found the other day when we recorded for Chariots of Fire, we pretty much spent the entire film talking. Mm. And of course, I, I usually despise talking through things, especially live theatre. In fact, last time I saw this live, um, I went with a friend of ours from America and I may have hit him a couple of times for attempting to talk to me during the show. Oh, Brian. <laughs> Shout out to Brian from Georgia. We love you. Um, yes. We, I, found I, him at, we found him at the Hamilton stage door. That's the beautiful part of this story. We were, yes, we were at the stage door, Sarah and I, trying to get autographs from the cast. We'd come back on another night and we met this random guy and now we're friends with him. So Hamilton, bring and you know, we together. And you know, we together. Yeah, you um, did. It was lovely. But yeah, <laughs> but, you know, throughout... Throughout this watching, this viewing, it was interesting to see my mum's reaction to it because she likes talking through things and to see mm. her sort of laugh at the jokes and go, ooh, that was interesting. Um, mm. At different bits of choreography, you'd love to hear Ellen. She loved the choreography as well. So yes, that was definitely a plus, I think. And mm. she, I think she, she, at the end, she said something about um, finding the lyrics really intelligent. So, you know, plus for my side as well. Excellent. And uh, Dr. Ellen, uh, I watched this one with you, so I'm aware of a lot of your reactions. Um, but but I suppose briefly, um, revisiting it, and specifically uh, from your choreography perspective, um, how, how was it getting to see how it was filmed, as well as it being a filmed product? Look, they did a really good job. I'm very pleased with it. I think that... Um... I think that the choreography and the movement brings so much to this show because obviously like listening to the soundtrack is amazing as is because it's through sung or through wrapped, I guess. 
um, and through composed. So there's, there's the singing and the music goes pretty much all the way through without stopping. There's only a couple of times where it really stops and those aren't really on the soundtrack. But the dancing and movement is continuous. It just rolls on through for the whole thing all the way through. And I think it adds so much and seeing the little um, reactions, like just even little facial expressions and things, it brings a lot of the humor into it um, and lots of little like tiny jokes and bits and pieces. So yeah, I, I, th- I think that the movement and the choreography, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when people get mad about something like Oklahoma, when they take the dancing out of that and they do it, they do it again with new stuff. Like you can't take Agnes and Mills choreography out of this. It doesn't make sense. It's no good. I feel like Hamilton is kind of the same. If you tried to do it without the original choreography, I think you would lose a lot of those extra little story pieces. So I'm, I'm really pleased with how it came out. I'm yeah. It's, it looks incredible. Hmm. They've done an awesome job. I mean, the the story, such that it is, is um, is about this this one man and the impact that his life had on a specific country at a very important time in its development. Um, I think it's really interesting that that it's Alexander Hamilton as a main character, as a protagonist. He seems quite. Um, not not a traditional lead. I suppose it's kind of interesting when you, you look at the other figures from American history, like Washington, who's in this, like Thomas Jefferson. Um, I think it's interesting how, I guess, that that obviously the creator of the show, Lin-Manuel Miranda, was attracted to Hamilton's story, partly because it isn't one that's widely told. Um, but I, I suppose, yeah, just as a protagonist, um, particularly for our, for our first-time watchers, um what what did we make of him in terms of following this this man's life basically from beginning to end over the two and a half hours well like you said he's not the usual protagonist like it's not he still has like the normal musical protagonist they have dreams and then they get to the dreams in the end but it he kind of gets halfway there and then he tries a bit more and gets a little bit further but then it kind of just drops for him I did see it's it's not a typical story um yeah so but I I they don't try to make him a villain or a hero which is what I like about him uh he's a very complicated character and I like they also don't try to uh Limo Miranda doesn't try to explain his actions or anything like that which is what I like I think um, one of the really interesting things I found from this watching of it um, for for me was um, how much Hamilton's um, negative qualities are set up in the first act, Um, particularly his um, infidelity with Mariah Reynolds um, is is kind of seeded throughout the first act. Not that he's going to end up hooking up with Mariah Reynolds, but that he is someone who um, never never settles is never fully happy and as they sing is is never satisfied um and i think it's i just think it's really interesting to have a character who in the first act i i quite enjoyed following and in the second act i'll be honest i was kind of against him for most of the second act watching it i was kind of like you know what not that I'm glad your son got killed and your life was ruined, but just, you know, like, you 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 did make poor choices and that you weren't particularly nice and that you didn't learn from the lessons of others around you. Um, 
I, I don't know if anyone else was feeling a, a similar way about about Hamilton specifically. Yeah, um, well, that's something um, I, that I've been thinking about a lot is, you know, the character, um, as Maisie said, is incredibly complex um, because it is based on a real person and, you know, all of the founding fathers were really terrible people. Um, and so it does, it, it tries to show them in more of a positive light, but it doesn't ignore the fact necessarily that they were horrible. But when it comes to learning it lessons, ignores I think a few facts. it does ignore, and I, I am getting to that. I have a big rant. Fair about that ready to go when we get there um but you know when it comes to um you know learning lessons that the big tragedy of the end of this show is that hamilton and burr did learn lessons from one another but they learned the wrong lessons so mm. you know hamilton finally throws away his shot and is therefore killed and burr you know stops waiting for it um, he actually decides to do something for himself. He he tries to take his shot and, you know, becomes a murderer. Um, so, yeah, they definitely learnt lessons, but they were the wrong ones. Mm. And I think it's so interesting um, that that you bring up Aaron Burr. Um, and, uh, Patrick, I'm kind of interested in what you as a first-time viewer thought of this. Um, even though the show is called Hamilton, and as we referred to a little bit with the Amadeus uh, Salieri thing, this show is told mostly from the perspective of his great friend and rival, Aaron Burr. And he's he's the villain almost... It feels more like he's the villain by circumstance, almost as though it's just kind of... Somebody could have picked up a book on Aaron Burr's life and potentially told a story where he was looked on more positively. And I suppose I'm kind of curious about that balance of Burr against Hamilton and their similarities and differences. Well, yeah, I agree. I think I think what, what um, and again, it's it take, take keeping in mind that it's obviously it's it's, it's historic, it's historical. Um, it is written. I did a very brief Wikipedia, and I realised it's written from a from a sort of a, a biography esque book on on Hamilton. So it's written from his perspective. And yeah, you're quite right. You could very easily just tell it uh, uh, probably just as a compelling story from Burr's perspective. Um, from a structure point of view, I did feel like uh, he got, for me, he got a bit lost mm. in amongst all the other characters at times, considering he was kind of the, the main antagonist, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm. Every night, you know, he'd, he'd pop up again and again, from someone who's just watching it for the first time, taking everything in and be like, oh yeah, God, here he is. Oh, this guy, he's here again. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm. He's not... He's on when we're angry at or not not meant to like. Um, mm. So that that was that for me. That took a little bit of um, kind of kind of having to to rewind a bit in my head and go, ah, yeah, oh, this this guy, he did that. Yeah, okay, right, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, he sort of he sort it's of dips very, in and out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very dense text. Yeah. A, obviously, by necessity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. For, for for me coming in as a someone who struggles with musicals to begin with in terms of following the story um and then couple all the historical uh characters and narrative on top of it there were times where poor old Aaron Burr kind of disappeared from my memory for, for, for stretches I think it's interesting that he sort of comes in and out a bit and also but that 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 kind of parallels 
um, how he came in and out of Hamilton's life. So it was like that whole, mm. yes, sir, we keep meeting. And then the fact that they had kids around the same time and that Lynn chose to kind of highlight that and then their political careers, like their legal careers, they all kind of happened in parallel. And I think, yeah, he sort of comes in and out and dips in and out. I can, I can see where you're coming from in that. Sometimes he just sort of disappears for a while. But there's yeah. just so many characters and there's so much happening. It's really hard. Mm. There's, a, there's a stat, I think, which says that if this was sung at the regular speed of most musicals, it would be like how long, like another couple of hours in length. <sighs> because it's so fast, especially mm. some bits of it, they're rapping so fast mm. and it's incredible. Mm. Like Davy Diggs is just. Yeah, well, um, him, uh, I, I really got to appreciate watching it this time, um, the technical sort of brilliance of, um, of the Skylar sisters, but specifically uh, Angelica um, Skylar. And obviously the, the Rewind song is, is fabulous in terms of how it's depicted but yeah I think it is really interesting looking at it as well in in terms of there are so few musicals like this certainly at the time this was made first released uh, five six years ago it's it's quite unique um and I mean did, did it as as someone who hasn't necessarily watched a lot of musicals by choice Patrick and and for you as well Maisie um seeing as you've actually accessed the text from the songs first before the play, I'm sort of interested about whether or not that made it more interesting for you or a bit more of a barrier to access. I think it made it, it, made it a lot better for me because I was I was singing along <laughs> with, hmm. with most of the songs. Um, I was just uh, going off. I think my mum started filming me at one point. I was so invested I didn't even realise until I looked over my shoulder and she had a camera up. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but actually I think it just I think because I, I know all the songs and I know all the, the lyrics I think just seeing it all play out I think it just clicked for me um so I think it made it a lot more enjoyable personally mm. for me mm. that's what I found watching it for the first time because I think I'd listened to the soundtrack a couple of times and kind of was like yeah like it's okay like it's it's really well constructed and it sounds good and yeah, and then I actually saw it live and went, "Oh, this is this is brilliant!" Whoa, it, it, and it is almost entirely song. Uh, it, it, the whole show is almost entirely song, 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 um, which um, you know is reminiscent of something like Les Misérables, which is through sung. Is that the technical term, Doctor Sarah? Through sung. <laughs> song, whichever you want to go for. I suppose. Again, watching it, um, it was quite relentless. And, um, you know, on the one hand, I felt it actually made what was quite a dense text move along quite quickly. But at the same time, it it all felt like one long continuous song in, in some respects. There are some songs which are very definite beginnings and ends, but there are others where they kind of blend into each other. And um, there's not know, a lot for- of breathing space. You yeah. kind of barrel along at this very, very fast pace and yeah. you've kind of got to keep up. You're kind of always scrambling to be like, oh, okay, where are we up to now? So, mm. which I think is part of what gives it such great energy and why it's like so compelling to watch. Cause you're like, oh, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting because the first half is like, you know, battles and war and stuff. And then by the second act, you're so caught up and you're like, it's like, how's Hamilton going to get America's banking system? You're like, yeah, how is Hamilton going to get the, why am I excited about a banking system? Like, mm. what, what is... <laughs> 
How did this happen? Yeah, and I think it's I think it is fascinating how how they depict those two things on stage, two things which traditionally are not the easiest to depict on stage. I mean, I'm not sure of many other banking musicals, but there are musicals which deal with finances. Shows like The Producers, you know, where they're like how to succeed in broad, how to succeed in business without really trying. Yeah, yeah, shows like that where they're talking about like financial systems and things like that, but. The, the battle scenes, and Patrick, I'll jump onto you for this one. Um, what, what did you think of their depiction of the, the War of Independence um, in, in terms of obviously with it being predominantly stagecraft? Um, how was it for you? So that bit for me, I, I enjoyed. So again, this is a period of history that I'm a little bit more familiar with. Mm. Um, so like just rewinding a little bit, I think when you talk about the the fact that it was as sung through there was it was all music and not not never listened to any of the music like for me that was a definite barrier to mm. fully embracing what was happening mm. and being able to just lose myself because i had well i'm also like I, I need to know what's happening in a story mm. like, so i will i will sit and think about things and like, i don't understand what that means and if i get lost I'm like well, i don't know what's going on mm. um so that was a, that that was a definite barrier but because i knew what was happening at that point Mm. I was kind of able to, to loosen up and just enjoy what was actually happening on stage a bit more. And it was, it was amazing. Mm. Um, that whole section of the, the, the War for Independence was, mm. was incredibly staid, very, very well structured. The, um, I, I actually just side firing a little bit. I did thoroughly enjoy the King. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> oh, he, he kind George. of popped up at least once in that bit. Uh, he's mm. very funny. The sure. the actual portrayal of the of the war was 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 brilliant and very um, quite confronting and moving at times as well. King George, as as you mentioned before, is a, is a particular highlight. Um, played by Jonathan Groff in this, and um, just does a, a fabulous job. I, I'm curious, um, do obviously this, this Ellen and Sarah you've probably got thought about this a little bit more but is there a character that really stands out for you as being the character that you sort of in get the most enjoyment from um or because because for me it it would be King George I I, I love a, a comedy foil and even though he's representing this sort of old world view and is sort of like the baddie at the beginning um in, in a sense he's very removed and very distant and he is essentially just there to to be that kind of comedy foil and i i just love the performance of jonathan groff i love the way the character is constructed and even though i keep changing my mind about what's the best song i think he does have the best song you know i that that song that introduces him <laughs> sarah's face says she disagrees <laughs> well the problem is is then that then i hear another song and i'll go oh wait no this song's much better like the room where it happened then pops up and i'm like no 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 forget that other song this one's the great one but yeah in terms of um other characters and we'll start with you sarah um is which, which character is it that gets you ex- excited i suppose I think it's actually Aaron Burr. Um, I do like a good anti-hero, um, especially one who is portrayed positively. So you can sort of see as throughout the show, as it progresses, you're kind of getting more and more on his side and you can see why he got so pissed by the end um, and, you know, shot someone who he was such good friends with. And also he has some of the best songs in the show. I mean, my favourite is Yorktown. Um, but then you've got, you know, wait for it, uh, and you've got the room where it happens. So, you know, he gets yeah, Theodosia. Some, yeah, they're beautiful songs. And, you know, um, as a singer, they're the ones I'd 
be more likely to sing. In fact, you know, they're ones I do prefer to sing. So mm. I'm, I'm going to have to agree. Um, but I'm going to cheat and say too, because I'm going to say one character that I really love for the singing and one character that I really love for the dancing and the, the character that I really love for the singing. As soon as you said it, Sarah, I was like, God damn it. That's what I was going to say. You've said all the things that I was going to say. Um, like we yeah, know I think, yeah, no, look, no, he's, he's a fascinating character. I think that he's really interesting as well because he's commenting on um, his own stuff, but he's quite a guarded character. Um, and he's commenting a lot on Hamilton, like how come this guy gets all the things and I don't. And that jealousy is so interesting to watch. Also, Leslie is amazing. Leslie Odom Jr. who play, who originated the part um, of Burr is incredible. Um, but in terms of like, a dancing character because they're what I really love about this as well is the fact that the ensemble members all play little bit parts. So you've got, you know, Samuel Seabury comes out and then he goes back into the ensemble. Um, yeah, they, they all kind of come in and out. They've all got their own little bitty bitty parts, but I love, um, Ariana DeVos who plays the bullet and it's, I'm, I'm always watching her number one, cause she's a brilliant performer to watch, but also because she has this beautiful piece of foreshadowing that kind of runs through the whole show where she is consistently aligned with death. And so like she goes and says hi to Philip and the next thing Philip's dead, she, she goes and, you know, interact with this character and then death follows them around and that goes throughout the whole thing. And then she plays the bullet that kills Hamilton. And it's just so beautifully put together and kind of peppered throughout the show. And yeah, she's just amazing to watch. So I think my favorite character is probably George Washington. Like, yeah, I said this to my friend once and she was like, what? But then I explained it to her and she was like, okay. <laughs> but I just think, one, his voice is amazing. It has got so much control, like the riffs, the runs, all of it is just perfect. Um, and like One Last Time, is just, it's such a beautiful song. Um, and just his part with Hamilton at the very end of that song where they're, that like Hamilton speaking and he's singing and it's just interpreting the words. It's amazing. Um, and just, I think just the wisdom and he's, he's such a great mentor for Hamilton. I think uh, he's probably the one that Hamilton learns from the most throughout the entire musical. Hercules Mulligan is my mother's favorite and she made me. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, yeah. Hercules Mulligan on the up and up again. I mean, I mean, Hercules is great. Um, and thank you, Tegan, for jumping in with that one. Um, Pat, what about you? Is it, uh, With your first watch. Hercules as well. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it and I was like, I was watching it and Hercules Morgan jumping up, I turned to mum and I said, Patrick's going to like him. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they had the whole spy thing, I'm like, I want, his, I want to hear about this guy. Yeah. I want to hear this guy's spy story. Oh, yeah. Giant, like, giant dude. And then, so, yeah. and then he turns so, into the little, the, like, then he turns into this, like, timid little character. Mm, yeah, in the in the second act when he becomes um, James Madison. The double mm. casting of the lead characters is so good. And it adds a whole other layer to it. Like, you know, when um, you've got David Diggs coming in as... Um, as Thomas Jefferson Thomas and being Jefferson. like, did you forget Lafayette? And he's played Lafayette previously. And that's such a nice little like detail, like another layer because it's played by the same actor. It's like, oh, so good. Mm. But yeah, you, you looking at the way they did the double casting for those main characters, 
it's so brilliant and I love the way that the character the, the actors differentiated between them like you just said Maisie the, the way that Oak totally changes from Mullion the way that he sings the way that he stands the way that he moves to Madison is so totally different mm. brilliant so good I think it's really interesting that we see um, we see that even with the actors who retain the parts obviously Lynn Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton in this where he's at in the first act to where he's at right at the end of the play his physicality has completely changed and same with um anthony ramos his performance even in the one act as philip hamilton from nine-year-old to 19-year-old um is is superb how how they're able to sort of convey the differences between those ages and they're just a very talented cast. I mean, the amount of awards that this show was showered with, I think, you know, speaks volumes to that. You know, basically everyone got a Tony, like all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, but it was, um, they are in- incredibly um, well-performed. It's it's a, it's a tremendous show. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to, to jump in and hijack for a while. And I think this is getting back to what Patrick was beginning to say um, earlier on about um, the problematic side of this show. Yeah, I can't um, help myself. And, <laughs> and I think it's really important to critique. Now, this was a major part of my thesis. And, you know, I think it's brilliant and wonderful. And I think what they've done with the casting is excellent. Um, how they're mm. giving um, people of colour roles that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise be cast in. I think that's fantastic. But there's also the problematic side of this show where it does erase a lot of history. Um, It completely negates, you know, the fact that there were other people in the room where it happened. You know, what about all the slaves? What about, you know, the indigenous people? Um, You know, there were so many other stories happening at the same time. And then you have this bunch of old white dudes who were terrible people who were slave owners and they're the ones who are the heroes of this story Mm. and i understand you know where you know what they're doing with the casting here shows you know they even say in their tagline you know america then as told by america now um so it does show the progress that has been made and it was of course during the obama era so having the you know the first black president someone watch the first president being black excellent but you know, you, there's also a lot of critique out there, which is valid. Mm. Um, you know that there are so many other stories, and you know, there needs to be a voice for those stories. And you know, mm. you, we've got these brilliant actors who can mm. tell those stories, um, and who need to be able to show how terrible history was, so that we can stop repeating those same mistakes. Because if we just kind of cover it over with this. You know, isn't it wonderful? We have all these you know, uh, wonderful uh, people of color performing these roles. It kind of, it's almost mm. like they're trying to say that it was okay that there were slave owners. Now I know that's not what they're mm. trying to say. That wasn't the intended message, but it can mm. come across that way. Um, and because Disney has released it this week, there's been a lot of interesting articles out there. Um, a friend of mine um, recently published Hannah Robbins she published um, an article called Hamilton the diverse musical with representation problems Mm. Um, and which really calls this out I think I've posted about half a dozen similar articles calling out Mm. the representation of women um, and the erasure of um, the actual black people you know the slaves and you know other people at the time Uh, and I think that needs to be talked about um, and I will sort of sum up my thoughts here 
um, a couple of years ago, um, I was at a musical theater conference and I talked about diverse casting. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it was looking at people of color. It was looking at people with disabilities. It was looking um, at people from the, with the, in the queer community and how they're represented and how, you know, this is this whole industry, you know, Broadway musical theater is controlled by white people. Um, and in order to make significant change and in order to tell these stories, we need to listen to the voices that are currently being cut out of the room. And most of the people I quoted were, you know, black actors who were being cut out of the room. Um, so I was trying to do what I could as a white person to say, well, ignore me. Here's the people actually there who are living this, who matter, who are being silenced. Uh, and I think their voices should be listened to, especially now. You know, we've got um, Black Lives Matter um, as a huge um, you know, protest movement at the moment, and that shouldn't just be drowned out. You know, you're seeing um, social media going back to normal, as they say. Well, why do we want to go back to normal? Normal is erasure. Normal is ignoring history, and it's silencing people who shouldn't be silenced. We shouldn't go back to normal. We should go to a new future where we do have actual equality and we do have you know, these voices raised up um, and heard and, you know, make positive change in the world. That's what I'm trying to say, I think. Yeah. And I think um, there's there's obviously a tremendous amount of uh, subject matter that you've given us there. Um, so thank you for that. What I would say, though, um, is specifically with reference to, to Hamilton, um, is it the duty of a single show to unpack all of that? Or is it is it better that Hamilton, with its issues, creates these discussions which then create shows in the future? I have actually also argued this in another paper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an academic, so I mean, I talk about Hamilton a lot. Um, and you know, my main argument is that, you know what, Hamilton as it stands makes, is a, it's its own work of art and should stand as that work of art, but it doesn't stand alone. Um, you've also, of that same you know, time, we've got 1776 as another musical, which I haven't actually watched. Um, and you know, there are other ways to tell stories. And if you just look at it as one show and try to say, Hamilton has to do everything I want it to do. It has to be held up on this pedestal, pedestal of amazingness. Then it's always going to disappoint because yeah. it can't be everything. But if it's doing this one thing, giving these roles um, to marginalized voices, fantastic and then another show can come out and you know tell mm. the story of the slaves another one can come out and tell the story of the indigenous people another one can come out and tell another story it's not all about one work of art doing everything it's yeah. lots of works of art having conversation with one another so instead yeah. of all having the truth because there's no such thing it's bits and pieces of the truth to create that dialogue yeah i think i think it's i think this show was revolutionary and I think it's going to be a big stepping stone to some interesting things. I mean, you only have to look at, um, and getting into slightly more obscure musical references now. So sorry for everyone else. Um, like when the bands visit one beautiful show, so many Tony awards. And it was like, this is, is this the first time that we had like, you know, people from this area of the world represented on a Broadway stage? Like, is, and, is it you know, really? Oh my God. As well, it was a multilingual, yeah. multilingual, multilingual show. Yeah. So I think, I think that Hamilton, if I, I, 
I think it's interesting that people are sort of looking at it from a, a more critical gaze now that we're a couple of years post it and we're going like, what has actually changed since then? And I mean, the, the, the political landscape has changed massively. Like Obama was president when this musical came out. Um, this, this, the, one of the first songs from this premiered at the White House, you know, in, you know, wh wh when Obama had only just gotten in and now look at where we are. Well, look at where America is in terms of the political stuff at the moment. And it's like, that's a very different landscape. Mm. So yeah, I think it's an important stepping stone to whatever is going to be next in much the way that a lot of musicals have been very important cultural stepping stones to other stuff that would then follow. Would you guys like some trivia about Hamilton, the musical, the film? Sure. Let's Good. hear it. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. And also, uh, given that there is so much trivia about Hamilton the stage show, and about Hamilton the person, and about Hamilton Island, and all of the other Hamiltons, uh, I've decided to just try and stick to stuff that is related to the recorded show. But I'm sure we'll get plenty of Hamilton factoids as we go. Um, so at the time that this show was filmed, Jonathan Groff had already left the role of King George. Uh, he returned especially for this filming, and also provides in character the voice of the pre-show announcer at the beginning of the film, welcoming the audience to the show. Um, Jonathan Groff, or as I believe he's known, uh, Groff Source, uh, to the many fans of Hamilton, um, it's, dis it's disgusting the amount of musical theatre knowledge I've picked up just by being in your proximity, Dr. Ellen. Uh, but um, one of the things that I think is really interesting about Jonathan Groff um, is he was very heavily involved, as the whole production was, with something called um, Ham for Ham, which um, I wondered if you could if you could run us down what, what that was. Uh, well, Ham for Ham... Um... It's actually something that I did talk about in my thesis for a bit. Um, basically, it was a pre-show, um, maybe five, ten minute section that they did um, outside the venue um, in front of the lottery queue. So when people were queuing to put their name in for the $10 lottery to go see the show because it was sold out pay, forever. Pay a, pay a Hamilton to get to see Hamilton. Because exactly. he's on the $10 note. Yeah, um, so yeah, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, um, twice a week they would do the Ham for Ham show um, and they would film it and stick it on YouTube. So for a lot of fans, that was the only way they interacted with the show beyond the cast recording was they could see these little tributes. Um, you know, sometimes they'd do a cut version of a song. Uh, sometimes they'd invite someone from another show over to do um, a performance. Um, sometimes they'd tell you a bit more history. They'd show you what the stage manager does. Um, I think I really enjoyed um, when they had the kids from Fun Home come over to do a song yes. about all of the Hamilton kids and how many there were. Um, mm, so, you know, yeah. there were just so many ways that they could interact, give you more history, more information, say what was real, what was fake, and, you know, promote the artists um, and, you know, give the fan base something else to do and to watch and interact with, which is really good marketing. I think one of my favorites is the, um, was the, all the King Georges doing the Skylar sisters, like miming it because didn't, um, oh gosh, what's his name? He was in something rotten. I've lost his name entirely. Yes. Thank you. So, um, yeah, Brian Darcy Jones came over and he, um, yeah, they basically had these, the, the three King George actors did the Skylar sisters and wasn't um the lady who plays Angelica Renee Elise Goldsbury wasn't she um 
Burr in that from memory yeah, it was very that. it was very funny and very good and just mm. yeah i was very sad we were really mad when sarah and i got to new york and we went to see hamilton um we'd purchased the tickets like six or eight months in advance because otherwise you couldn't get them yeah for sure so we'd booked them before we even had flights booked and we got over and we were like, yeah, we're going to get to go see our ham for ham show. And they weren't running them when we were there because of like well, issues. Yeah, there was a blizzard. Traffic and blizzard <laughs> and stuff. And we were so mad. We were like, no, we missed mm. out on getting to see them live. So annoying. I'll just have to see them live in the show. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, we did, we did meet a lot of them at the stage door. Um, it's the only show that we did stage door for. And we saw a lot of shows on that, on that trip. Such a I get people who do stage dooring, but it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. it was it's it was cool though. We got to meet David Diggs, and he, you know, he's he's this like adorable, like very quietly, softly spoken guy. And then you see him on stage doing Jefferson, and it's like, wow, where did this come from? Like acting, yes, it's mm. so good. Uh, Maisie, am I guessing from your facial expression that you're a little jealous that they got to meet David Diggs? <laughs> And Philippa Sue and yeah, a whole pile of them. I'll, I'll I'll put the I'll put the photographs up on Facebook um, mm. again so that we can share them. Is brilliant. I think, yeah, it's the, it's the only one we did stage door for, and I'm really glad we did because now this is like this is a historical document. You know, mm. we didn't get to meet Lynn though. We did see him signing at the stage door. He was wearing an Oscar the Grouch beanie. <laughs> I do have a look um, from Lynn. I know, I know. Um, but we didn't get to meet him. We did see him from afar on the street, but we didn't actually get to say hi to him, which I'm a little bit sad about. But he didn't come out any of the nights that we were mm. around doing stage door stuff. So, Sorry, Dr. Sarah, could, could could you detail a little bit more? You you have what from Lynn? I have a letter. Uh, look, here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> um, basically, because um, I was doing a chapter of my thesis on it, I sort of felt like... I should sort of send him a message and say, hey, by the way, you know, I, you know, not to ask permission because I can write what I want, uh, but to say, hey, by the way, uh, I'm doing my thesis on you. I did the same with Dave Malloy when I met him. I was like, hey, I'm doing a chapter of my thesis on you. Um, to just kind of be like, yeah, you know, this is happening. Um, I'm studying your work. It's fantastic. Um, and yeah, he basically sent a letter back um, saying good luck with your studies, that kind of thing. And it came at a time when I was in a really bad place and I'd been having mm. some really horrible times with my thesis. So to suddenly get this letter from, you know, the guy I was writing about saying, you know, good luck, it's going to be amazing. It kind of, you know, made that day a bit better. I'm pretty sure it came through to the university as well that we were studying at because I, it was in your pigeonhole and I was the one who picked it up because I went in to check something else in the pigeonhole, like in the staff pigeonholes. And I was like, oh, what is this? And then pulled it out and went, oh, oh, I think I know what this is. And I came and found you and was like, look what I found. And you were like, oh. And she did very well not reading my mail. Obviously, we've, we've been saying we're watching the film of the musical, but there has been and will continue to be until it's done, I think, discussion about a filmed film version, like a filmic musical of, of Hamilton. Um, and I think particularly for our for our first time watchers, um, uh, would would a I suppose a more traditional film, something that wasn't on a stage, something that was shot like a more traditional film, would that interest you with the Hamilton story? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. And honestly, I think it, um, a big one of the one of the issues, one of the barriers I had with this one was that it was a filmed stage adaptation. Mm -hmm. so, so in in isolation and everything, I have been watching quite a lot of recorded theatre through like mm -hmm. the National Theatre and things like that. Um, and there have been plays that I've seen that I know I love, like um, I saw a Macbeth, I saw a Streetcar Named Desire that just weren't working for me. And I know mm -hmm. I love these plays and it, well, I don't think it was the production itself. I think it was just not being there mm -hmm. took something I mean, essential away that... from it. Because it's live theatre. I mean, you know, looking exactly. at audience perception yeah. theory, the, the whole being in that space, sharing that moment with other people in silence. Yeah. That communal kind of... For and sure. I think that's the thing. Like, I'm hearing, I'm hearing you guys talk about it. I'm hearing Maisie talk about it. And even though she's not seen it, she's shared it with... Her, she's heard the music. She shared it with a friend. She's got a community around it. Someone who's coming into it completely cold, mm. watching it on a screen, I, I, I think it's... it's it's really missing something. So I've, I've got to be fair to Hamilton as its own thing in that regard. Um, but having said that, if it was shot like a traditional film, I think it would be much easier to, for a first timer, to kind of mm. understand what's going on and really embrace. Maisie, I'm guessing that uh, you'd be first to line up for, for tickets to a Hamilton film. You would definitely be correct. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, well, the reason I bring it up, though, is um, two directors in particular have expressed interest in doing a filmed adaptation. And I'm just kind of curious what, what you guys think. Uh, the first director is Ryan Coogler. Uh, Ryan Coogler is best known for directing Black Panther and Creed. Um, given that obviously those films were very well received and were quite good, would a, would a Ryan Coogler helmed Hamilton be of interest? Maybe. Depends how like we go it. with the musical like side it. of things. Because, mm. you know, directing yeah. a musical is very different from directing a straight film. Mm. But, you know, That's I'd be true. interested. I'm intrigued. Mm. Mm. The other director who has expressed an interest publicly is Rob Marshall. Uh, now, for those who don't know who Rob Marshall is, uh, he direct he directed the Mary Poppins Returns film. Uh, he directed the filmic version of Chicago, uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, he did one of the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, but you know everyone has stuff they're not proud of in their locker, I guess. Uh, but would um, for me, I, I even though we've not covered this film, spoiler for when we do get to Chicago, I think Chicago is the best film musical made in terms of I think it's such a wonderful adaptation. It's beautifully done. It's very mm. different to the stage show, the way that it's presented. It's presented yeah. in a more realistic fashion, but I think it really works. I think mm. if you did it the way that it is done on stage, it wouldn't work for a film. Would that level of realism, if that's what a director, a film director chose to go for with Hamilton, do, do you think it could work if you tried to make it more of the time period, everyone in period dress, no, no, no humans playing the bullet, you know, that kind of thing? Well, you've got to remember that a lot of Hamilton's appeal is the production value, is the fact that it strips mm. down and you do have, you know, humans being objects and, it, you know, there's, um, it's, the production is very different to the way it would be in a film because, you know, the whole story is told through words. It's told I through words. I think, yeah. And, you know, I, if you try to just stand, st stare down a camera and say, I'm going to tell you about this story, um, it might not necessarily be as interesting mm. to watch. 
I, I think something when, when we were watching it, Stephen in the second act basically said this second act is becoming more kind of like theatrical and more surreal. Like it's not the first act is there's moments where it's like very theatrical, but it's quite realistic. And the second act, there are certain points where you're like this, this, this seems yeah. Like it's, it's a lot less realistic. It's leaning more into that slightly surreal and the way that they play with time you know, with the bullet, the way that, you know, some of the characters are presented as being really larger than life and very theatrical. Um, I don't know that that would necessarily translate super well to screen that, that difference between the two acts. Mm. I think it would be very hard to adapt this into more of a straight film. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see if, if Rob Marshall is keen to do it, I'd be very interested to see what he would do with it. Because um, like I've got a bit of a question for Maisie actually, because you know you you came to it as the cast recording, so you would have pictured something in your head as you were listening. Could you picture it, you know, in a filmic style when you did that? Definitely yes, but I don't think it would work in a film. I think <laughs> um, mm. it was. I think the one thing that was nice is because when I listened to uh, Hamilton in the car. The, the, this is a little bit random, but like between Aaron Bursa and my shot, there's always like this little awkward gap and just listening to them just flow. I was like, it was just, it was so nice. But yeah, I did, I definitely did. <laughs> I definitely did. Uh, whenever I was listening to it, especially the first time I listened to it, I, I, one, I didn't know, I had no idea who Lin-Manuel Miranda was. I had absolutely no idea who he was. Um, so I kind of had my own picture of what Hamilton looked like and what all the characters looked like. And then just seeing the original Broadway cast and all of the costumes and everything online. Um, and then I think this was just the final little bit. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I definitely, it was, like I said, very, at the very start when we came back, um, it was everything that I expected it to be and more. In a January 2015 interview with the New York magazine, Lin-Manuel Miranda said that the TV series The West Wing had a very big influence on him. Uh, Sarah, you are a big fan of The West Wing. I actually mm-hmm. came to The West Wing because of Hamilton. It, so it's actually Lin's fault that I um, started watching it because I started watching that in 2016. So after I'd already gotten into Hamilton, when they were doing the, uh, you know, they were electing um, their current person in office. Um, And so to sort of make myself feel a bit better about that, I was watching, you know, the more um, sort of the fantasy version of what politics could look like. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of interesting crossovers between the two because um, it was very inspirational with that fantasy politics. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of great crossover memes, which I did use in my thesis. Uh, because memes are the best form of communication. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, the, the reason I go for the, the bring up the West Wing thing, though, is just from a perspective of the use of references within the show. Um, this, this show references a, an incredible amount of other elements of pop culture and of musicals. And... It's a very postmodern text. It's very, like, lots of things pulled from mm. lots of places. And it's fun going back and looking at it again and being like, oh, this, or, you know, like you read the, the Hamilton, which is the book that has all the lyrics and all the stuff mm. and all the story about how it was made. And you're like, oh, this is a reference to that musical. I thought it was. Mm. There's a lot of references in the music to other songs, both, both um, 
like pop songs and like rap and hip hop artists, but also to a lot of musical theater classics. I think the two big ones for me are, um, You've Got to Be Carefully Taught, which is a reference to South Pacific, which is a song that's specifically about racism, which, you know, is interesting. Um, and the other one is in at the end of um, Say No to This, when he sings Nobody Needs to Know. That's a direct reference to another, to another musical, which is about a man who, um, cheats on his wife essentially and it's it's a song where he's he's singing about his infidelity so that's a very deliberate reference mm. and if you know that reference then that line just resonates even more because you're like oh it's yeah, I mean, it's really a, bad for this other character mm. <laughs> the multiplicity of meaning is really interesting because you know we do come from this postmodern society where we've heard a lot of these songs even if you're not a musical theater person you might know some of the hip hop references. You might yeah. know the Beyonce, Jay-Z kind of style. You might, you know, there's references to the Beatles. So yeah, you pop. bring that understanding of pop culture um, so that when he does sample it, you know, you've got to be carefully taught as a musical theater person. I um, sit there and go, okay, I know the song. Um, I know what that's referencing. So instead of having to go through an entire song about racism, you have that one line and go, yep, racism's mm. bad. And I've now got this entire other dialogue happening in my head, but we're still moving to the next thing. So we can sample the next idea and have them all layered one on top of the other to, you know, those mm. multiple, that multiple meaning making moment um, mm. allows you to bring your own context and other contexts into your viewing of this new text. There's the fact that it's mm. so multi-layered, you know, and different people are going to get different readings of it. Um, there's different things that different people are going to pick up when they're watching it. And all those layers are just so beautifully put. It's like a perfectly constructed cake. You know, mm -hmm. everything that's been put into it is so on, like, so on point. All the creatives are like at the absolute top of their game. It all blends together so well. I think that's what makes this such a great show. Is that an issue um, for someone who is not immersed in those worlds as well. Um, so, you know, some of the inaccessibility of the text, which Pat's talked about already. So it's great that they referenced the last five years at the end of that song, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, that other famous musical about a man who's been infidel, in, in, you know, not truthful, sorry, to his, to his wife and cheating on her and things like that. Um, I, I think those things are really clever. I think even using the more obvious ones are really clever, like um, George Washington saying he is the model of a modern major general is like, that's that's fun. But but is there an issue of, I suppose, almost over-reliance on those things? Because if you're not in the know about these certain criteria, um, because there will be audiences out there who'd have no knowledge of hip-hop, who have no knowledge of or little knowledge of musical theatre, and may not even get those references to things like the West Wing or to other things that exist. Is, is, it, is it wise, I suppose, to have so many of them? Well, I think, maybe I think, they ask the people who haven't seen it because, you know, yeah. they're the ones most likely to know for sure. Look, look, I also don't like hip-hop and rap music. Do I, I like a few rap artists, but not very many, but I'm not a big fan of hip-hop and R&B. And I love this show, so, you mm -hmm. know... I feel like I probably am missing a lot of the hip hop references, but I don't think that detracted from my viewing necessarily. Uh, yeah, look, I would agree. I um, I didn't get virtually any references um, <laughs> except for the few blindingly obvious ones, but it didn't. So it didn't add anything for me because I didn't get them, but it also didn't take anything away either. I knew a few references because before, before viewing, I watched a YouTube video that was like, 
like top down brackets in Hamilton that you probably haven't noticed. You cheated, Maisie. <laughs> Do that. This was way before I ever knew this was happening. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was before they even announced that they were going to release a recording or anything. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, so I, I know that um, in Burn, that repeated you, that like you, 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 I know that's a, ref that's a reference to something, but it's, yeah, it's tucked all the way back in my mind, but I know that, I know where the references are, but like same as Patrick, it didn't add or take anything away. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm largely supportive of the use of references in that way. But I do find that sometimes there are other um, other media, other things that have an over-reliance on references. For example, um, to, to make a very strange comparison, but to the TV show Family Guy, the humour in that show is almost entirely based on references to other things within media, and specifically American media. And that works sometimes let's say for maybe two or three seasons but then it just kind of becomes almost like breathing in and out and the, the text itself gets stale um and you know family guy and hamilton very very different things but um i, I think did you is... want to talk about family guy we can take 10 minutes <laughs> to talk about family guy cool. <laughs> yeah yeah now we know when they eventually do their um crossover thing with hamilton and it's just peter griffin in the role of alexander hamilton i'm sure that'll That'll go down really well. <laughs> I'm sure they'll handle it with taste and tact like they yeah. always do. Mm. Something, some, something as well I've just thought of. So I think that Hamilton actually makes itself slightly more accessible by virtue of the fact that it has tapped into that hip-hop, rap, R&B style and references to those songs because that makes it more accessible to a non-musical theater audience because musical theater i'm and i'm specifically thinking because the day that sarah and i saw this in new york we went straight from a matinee of this to a night show of something rotten now mm. um there's a song in something rotten which is literally just like seven minutes of musical theater references so it's just seven minutes of in jokes and it's very Oof. funny but there are so many like there's 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 a couple They've, they've tried to pick really broad ones that people would know. Mm. Um, and it's a big production number. You know, it's got the dancing and the singing and all the stuff. And you look at it and you're like, oh, that's a reference to this. And that's a reference to this. And that's a reference to this. Um, but it's really hard to pick all of them out in one shot because it's just so densely layered. But that's just that one song. The rest of the musical, there's like a couple of little in-jokes and references. But that one song is super densely packed. I think that is more exclusatory because that whole show is riffing on the idea of musicals. Um, and it's very, very reflexive. It's, it's very, very like reflective of musical theater and in jokes in musical theater. Hamilton has musical theater references and like jokes and in jokes that are related to musical theater, but it doesn't just have them. It has a lot of other references to things that are not from that. So and I guess that brings us to the accessibility issue, not just of musical theater, um, but you know, um, yeah, Hamilton um, had some issues with accessibility in that it, they tried to make it more accessible by doing the ham for hams, you know, by um, making having the $10 tickets. But with it being so popular, the tickets were the so ticket expensive yeah. that, you know, pe the people it was aimed at couldn't watch it. So you had all these rich mm. white folk going in and going, oh, yes, I am so anti-racist because I'm watching this show. Mm. But then... So cultured. You know, Yes. yes. And, and then, you know, all the people who actually would have got the hip hop references were not in the room where it happened because they couldn't afford the tickets. Yeah. And they had a schools um, initiative where they did bring sort of lower socioeconomic 
school kids doing advanced history into the, the theatre to put their own performances on on the stage and to watch the show. So they tried all these accessibility things. And of course, now it's on Disney. More people can see it around the world. But, you know, with, when you look at the, the, the numbers of, uh, you know, who the Broadway audiences are, you know, it's mostly rich, middle-aged white women. Um, mm. So they're the ones going or, or in. PhD but, students uh, with scholarships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you, know, you and me. <laughs> we afford it was because we used our scholarship money. And we mentioned yeah. our friend Ryan at the beginning. He couldn't afford a ticket. And I mm. bought two tickets the year before just in case Eleanor Stephen could make it with me. Um, but they didn't know at the time whether they were coming on that trip. Um, mm. So I basically said, look, I have a ticket um, and I want you to take it because you need to see this show. Yeah. Um, and just just because you can't afford it, you know, that you shouldn't be sort of, you know, not, not being able to access it is important and see it yeah. live. The filming for this um, version of Hamilton took place over three days in June 2016. It started by filming a live Sunday matinee performance with cameras in the audience, after which the cast and crew spent the rest of the day and evening filming close-ups, dolly shots and crane shots. Uh, filming continued all day Monday, which is normally the cast days off, um, with more close-ups and steady cam footage. Filming then took place additionally on Tuesday morning before shooting the live performance that evening with cameras again in uh, the audience but in different positions. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda said, It was basically a three-day film shoot with the best rehearsed cast in the history of movies because we'd all been doing the show for a year at that point. Um, which is great, but oh boy, uh, that, that would have been a very tiring process. Yeah. I shudder to think. They're yeah. amazing, though. The performances that they got out of them are just like, wow. Mm. So uh, we are close to the end of this review. Uh, before we get to your scores, though, uh, we're going to reflect on the score specifically. What's your favourite song, guys? What's the song that jumps out at you and makes you go, we can save one song from Hamilton and that's it? Um, I'll, I'll start because I think it's only fair seeing as I ask the question. And as much as I would love for it to be um, uh, King George's song, um, I think I would actually have to choose uh, The Room Where It Happened. I think um, The Room Where It Happens just does such a lovely... It encapsulates so much of the the main characters of this show or some of the main characters. It's, it's all Burr and his motivations. It's Hamilton learning to be like Burr a little bit. It's Jefferson um, basically just being Jefferson. <laughs> um, but I think it does such a lovely thing. And it is, as the kids say, a banger. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that one. Um, we'll go to you next, Sarah. Um, what, what's your favourite? I mean, I've already mentioned that Yorktown is my favourite. Um, but the, the reason for that, um, it, it's because it's got such a beautiful blend of the, the music, the lyrics, the choreography... Um, and it's got my favorite light motif in there. You know, the history has its eyes on you. Um, so it's got some, you know, really nice harmonies happening. Um, you know, the fact that it does have a dance break in there. And even though I'm a lyricist, I'm sitting there going, yeah, you know, give us some balance. Um, and it tells the story dynamically. Um, mm. So yeah, everything about that song, the score, the lyrics, the movement, it's just beautiful. This is very hard and I've been mulling it over. Um, as you've been speaking, because originally when you said the rumor it happened, I was like, damn it, that's what I was going to say, because I really love the whole vibe of that. I think it's very, like the choreography, he's got a little bit of a, like, bossy vibe in parts, and it's very, yeah, 
I'm, I'm just going to say the room where it happens because otherwise I'm going to be here all day going, oh, but this song's great. Oh, but I love this song too. Mm. Um, I know there's a couple of songs that I don't like, which mm. I could tell you about, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with the room where it happens because it's just, I, lo- I love, I love the instrumentation. I love all the, all the things about that. I really enjoy the choreography. It's fun. Yeah. Look, I, I agree with you. I think it's great. Uh, and we can have the same favorite song. Uh, Patrick, what about you? So again, I'm bit, seeing this is the first time I listened to the, uh, heard the whole thing. Um, there's some that I haven't went, you know, stuck in my memory as much, but I really found myself paying attention and really getting quite moved during Eliza's song where she's burning all the letters. Yeah. Is it just called yeah. Burn? Is that what it's called? Yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was really, that was a very powerful song and I actually really enjoyed that song in a mm. sad, heartbreaking kind of way. Yeah, and shout out to Philippa Sue. She's she's fantastic. Um, Maisie, you know, we come to you last um, because I feel like this is the hard that you you've got the hardest thing because we know how much you love the songs. Pick one; the rest are gone. Uh, mm, okay, girl, I feel you. Because you asked favorite one, and then you also said. Uh, keep one song out of all of Hamilton. So if I was to keep one song out of all of Hamilton, it would be Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Mm. Just because I think that, like, if you were to get rid of all the other songs, I think that would be the one standalone song that would, it has the most resonance and it has the most emotion to it. Um, And it's got, I think it just tells the story best out of all of the songs. My favorite song by far is What Did I Miss? It's just the jam. It's great. Mm. Um, So yeah, those are my favorite songs. All right, and now you thought that was hard. Now we've got a score, Hamilton, the musical, the film. Uh, And we start with our guests who haven't seen it. Um, And Patrick, you're gonna get to go first. Um, And this is not necessarily a reflection of, I guess, the musical experience itself because we, we don't all have that. This is a reflection of watching a filmed stage show so with that in mind what would you give it out of 10 i was going to give that exact same disclaimer before i gave my score that i'm not rating hamilton the musical i'm rating the experience i had watching this sort of pre-recorded version for the first time ever and i think i'm gonna give it um six and a half public infidelity uh, <laughs> uh confessions out of 10. Highlights. Okay, Maisie, what about you? What scores Hamilton getting out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 Lafayette. Lafayette. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, what about uh, for our guests who have seen it? Uh, we'll start with you, um, Dr. Ellen. Uh, what scores it getting out of 10? I'm going to give it nine and a half anguished screams out of 10 because that's one of my that's one of my okay honestly the bit where philip dies as sad as it is is one of my favorite bits Mm. because it's one of those few bits that really punches you in the gut with emotions that and the very last bit with the bits that made me cry um consistently like when i saw it so yeah i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it nine and a half anguished screams and dr sarah what's your score uh, disclaimer, I never give uh, 10 out of 10, so it's not getting that. Um, I'm going to give it uh, nine thrown away shots out of 10. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I 
I think it's a really great show. I think it's a really great stage show. I did find myself not as captivated with it being on a screen. Um, so the show itself, I think, for me, is pr- it's not quite a 10 out of 10 in terms of the actual theatrical show. And I think that... Um, yeah, I think that the the screen experience is maybe a point or two below that. So for me, I would give it. I'm going to give it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of ten. Now do uh, it in French. Une, deux, trois, quatre. Oh, I got shot. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that brings us to the end of this review of Hamilton. Uh, Maisie, Patrick, Sarah, and Ellen, thank you so much for watching Hamilton with me. Thanks, Thanks for much. having Thanks, me on and making me My wait pleasure. an extra day to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Um, for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening to this very special episode. Uh, we know it's not a film, but it also is. Ah, get over it. It's a free podcast. Hey, you got issues with that? We got like 170 other episodes where we talk about actual proper films um, that are, you know, made for cinema, that aren't just point a camera at a musical. I'm really underselling what that production team did. Anyway... Um, If you want to go and listen to our back catalogue, by all means, go and listen to us by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts from. Uh, Want to share your thoughts on Hamilton? We can be found on Facebook. Just search for us at the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. And if you want to become a member of our Patreon and get some extra special bonus goodies, just search for us over at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. But for now, that is all. So until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.